Welcome to episode nine of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Today, we welcome back my good friend, Eric Manning, to the show. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. I, yeah, man. Yeah, I've actually been having a really good day. Sweet. That's always yeah. good. I'm, I'm glad you're able to make it back on. I know our, our first episode was all the way back in episode two, where we talked about Octopath Traveler. Had a really good yeah. time doing that. Oh, I knew we'd dang. reconnect at some point, so glad to have you back on. Yeah, well, be expecting a lot more of a excitement around here because <laughs> I will be very excited about what we are going to talk about today. <laughs> yes, I uh, oh, poking fun at how we both use the word excited and exciting so much in that episode. I, I love it. Oh, uh, gosh. Cool, That's man. Funny. Well, what have you been playing lately? I've been playing some indie games. I know last time on the podcast I mentioned how I really enjoy playing games with people, which mm-hmm. is really funny because this time around, I am playing a lot of solo games. Sweet. Um, so right now I'm playing Undertale, which is a yes. lot of fun. I know we'll be yes. talking about that game later. I've been mm-hmm. playing Bastion, and I've also been playing a game called Figment. Cool. So all really incredible games. Bastion and Figment really caught my eye because of the amount of hype they're getting. Mm-hmm. I know Bastion's been around for a while. It was on iOS and everything, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't really play it then. So yeah. looking for something while I'm waiting on Pokemon and and Super Smash, I was tr- just trying to find something to pass the time. And these two really caught my eye. So yeah, that's been games. that's been my goal too. Is just like how can I pass the time until mm-hmm. Red Dead later this month for PlayStation. Oh, Red Dead, Red Dead, and then Pokemon, and then Smash. Um, obviously there's some great titles sprinkled in there, but those are the main ones that I'm looking forward to later this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been playing some games recently too. Um, I just earlier this week picked up shadow of the tomb Raider and I played through that in a few days and finished it last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was good. It was definitely, uh, more of the same. If you've played any of the tomb Raider games, the newer ones, yeah. Uh, I, I felt like the whole time I just wished it was an uncharted game. Like, I feel like the Tomb Raider <laughs> games are, they're good. They're, they're very fun to play through. They're not very memorable, but I, I just feel like the whole time I was like, man, I just, I just wish this was uncharted because uncharted has a, a little bit more of a polish to it. The level yeah. designs a little bit better. The combat's a lot better than Tomb Raider, but overall I'd say it was, it was a good game. Um, yeah. I it was love worth the a rent. Tomb Raider games personally. Yeah, I, I played the first one, skipped the second one, and then this one obviously got a lot of hype. So I was like, I'll check it back out. I, I mm-hmm. really want to get back and play Rise of the Tomb Raider because I heard that was also good. It just it had a weird launch where it was an Xbox exclusive for like a year, like one of those timed exclusives. Right. Um, and it just didn't get the traction when it ended up coming over to PS4 that I think it should have gotten. But mm-hmm. I didn't I never played it. So I can't really give more of an impression than that. Um, yeah, the other game. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 good. It's fun. It's definitely a good like I'm going to pass the time by just what you're saying, looking for Mm -hmm. something to bide the time until next month. But um, another game that I picked up uh, yesterday, actually, and played this morning is Astrobot on PSVR. Uh, This game came out of uh, not nowhere, but it's relatively unknown because the the VR community is a lot smaller since they don't have as big of an install base, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is actually a game that's developed by Sony, developed by Japan Studios, mm-hmm. and it's basically like a mascot platformer. So think you're, you know, your Mario, your um, whatever, uh, Banjo Kazooie, those kind of games where you're yeah. just platforming, collecting stuff. 
but this is a lot of reviews that I've been reading online are like, hey, do you remember the first time you played Super Mario 64? That feeling of like, wow, this is redefining a genre or like this is a genre or a, a system defining game, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's what Astrobot is for VR. So I know really? people have been, yeah. So people have been looking for that like breakout VR title that you like have to play. Mm-hmm. Uh Astrobot is that title. This is like the the turning point, if you will, for VR. And I know Sony's gonna be pushing a bundle with that and Moss, I believe, which is another incredible game um for yeah. VR that I played earlier this year. But so far Moss, but I've never heard of Astrobot. Yeah, I, when you come over, I'll, I'll definitely have you put the hat on and try it out because it's it's an incredible game so far. I played the first world, which is like comprised of five levels, one of them being a boss. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I'm having some I'm I'm seeing where the comparison of like, hey, do you remember that first time you picked up Mario 64 where that comparison's coming from? Because it's uh, an, a very cool experience uh, and something wow. like for the platforming genre, really taking it to another dimension, like literally another dimension because you move your head around and you can see all around you instead of having to spin a controller uh, button to like pan around with the camera like you're just looking around so it it takes all that into account but um, besides that that's what i've been playing recently with uh in addition to some of the games that we'll be chatting about in a little bit today but before we begin i'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find in your element online Um, my website is in your element podcast.com you can basically get all of the In Your Element related stuff there as well as recent episodes and uh, links to my Instagram, Twitter, and um, other social feeds. Uh, you can find me directly on Instagram at In Your Element Podcast and find me on Twitter at IYE Podcast. And of course, visit patreon.com slash In Your Element to support at any level and you'll receive bonus episodes early, gain exclusive access to the In Your Element Discord server, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any questions or comments, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. Uh, Eric, if it's all right with you, let's go ahead and jump into some news for the week. Sounds great. Cool. So this week features some interesting stories, uh, a couple of them being rumor items. And I usually don't like to feature rumors as news stories uh, because they can, of course, be wildly inaccurate at times. Uh, But the two that I chose are almost confirmed at this point. Um, as far as rumors go. So the first of which is, uh, is there a new Harry Potter AAA game in development? Uh, a video leaked earlier this week by a Reddit user named Vape This Bro posted footage of what appears to be a new Harry Potter game, allegedly called Harry Potter Magic Awakened. The footage posted is blurry but looks extremely polished. It shows character customization, vast exploration of Hogwarts and the Wizarding World, spells and battles. And surprisingly, the character-controlled wizard on screen appears to be actually killing some goblins and other enemies. Uh, Warner Brothers has been scouring the internet and pulling any evidence of the game due to copyright infringement, which is generally a sign that that if it is real, um, or sorry, that it is real, especially with how quickly uh, videos surfaced are disappearing. The initial rumor pointed to Rocksteady as the developer, the creators of the criti- critically acclaimed Batman Arkham series, but was shortly changed to Avalanche Software, another studio owned by Warner Brothers. This game lines up with rumors of a project Avalanche has been working on too. Along with a little over a minute long video, the Reddit user also posted a synopsis of what to expect in the game. Uh, The synopsis reads, Set in the 19th century Wizarding World, this third-person open-world action RPG game centers around your character with unique abilities who has earned a late acceptance to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. 
You are a newly arrived fifth year student to Hogwarts that demonstrates a latent gift for magic with a unique ability to track and identify remnants of a potent ancient power. Upon arrival, strange events begin to materialize in the Forbidden Forest, and trouble begins to brew within the castle walls. Together with Professor Elazar Fig, you embark on a journey through both familiar and never-before-seen locations to bring light the truth behind these mysterious occurrences. On your quest, you'll craft potions, master new spells, and discover fantastical beasts. You will battle dark wizards, goblins, and other supernatural enemies, and uncover the truth about your destiny. The fate of the wizarding world lies in your hands. Uh, features include journey to Hogwarts to become one of eight different wizard types, experience Hogwarts, make new friends, uncover new secrets, and change the fate of the wizarding world. Experience a new magic system that creates countless possibilities to master magic. Freely explore the wizarding world for the first time. Choose your house and friends at Hogwarts and decide to pursue a path of good or evil. And lastly, create your own witch or wizard and experience an all new story separate from the books or films. Um, this is exciting news to me as I've always been a fan of the Harry Potter franchise. Having seen all the movies and reading about half the books back in the day, uh, I do remember playing specifically a Harry Potter game on the PlayStation 1 that was really fun. Um, but this seems to be what every fan has really wanted, a true open world RPG game set in the Potterverse. Eric, what do you think of this? I think this is really exciting. I read about this this morning. Haven't seen the footage myself yet. Mm -hmm. But I think open world games are games that people just always tend to love. Mm -hmm. Just because of the pure vastness that you can have. Yeah. It's... I, I love open world games, and if this is a possibility, I'm really excited for it. I never yeah. read the books growing up just because I'm mm -hmm. not a reader. The only time I read is when it comes to video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I don't read anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. But so I never was a reader growing up, but once they started mm -hmm. releasing the movies, I just was very involved in this Harry Potter world. I, mm -hmm. I really love the idea and the concept behind it all and it was a lot of fun i i enjoyed the harry potter movies yeah they I, they've got a really good universe that that jk rowling's created and especially with the fantastic beast movies now coming out they're yeah. really expanding that universe and this is supposedly set in that same time frame that the fantastic beast films are in mm -hmm. uh, so it's like pre harry potter time frame in terms of when he existed mm -hmm. uh, but i mean i i, I think everybody loves that like fantasy genre in terms of like uh, all the magic and the wizards and witches and stuff and right. really being able to walk around Hogwarts has been a dream for so many people and I know the mm -hmm. closest you can get so far is at Universal Studios and going to like the Potter like the Wizarding World or whatever um, right. that, that they have in Universal here in California or over in Florida um, that's like the closest you've been able to like like live in that uh, time frame or, or in that universe. So mm -hmm. I think this is really cool that they're, uh, you know, allegedly developing this game. But um, I'll, I'll send you a, a link of the video later so you can check it out. But it oh, looks awesome. really good. It looks really good. Like uh, I'm excited I, for it. I, yeah. I think it, this potential game coming out mm -hmm. could be just a new redesigned game that's out there because we have a lot of you know action filled games but they're all mm -hmm. revolving around like guns and swords and knives right. and all these different things but we don't have a game that's really focused or involved around spell making right and and the you know a lot of rpg games have elements of magic in them but this is like magic wands like you're casting the spells like you yeah. know harry potter it's, stuff so it's different it's cool yeah. it's 
definitely going to be, if this is a game that comes, this is going to be a game that I think everybody who loves this idea of magic, like I think we talked about this in the last podcast, whenever there's a magic or a mage type character, I, I tend to choose those mm-hmm. types of characters. Yeah. Same. So there to be a game that literally involves all of that. Oh yeah. Would be a, a lot, lot of in. fun. I think this just based on what I saw too, the, the gameplay itself looks good enough that I think it would bring in people that might not even be interested in Harry Potter. It might bring in fans of, you know, other genres of, of, game into this as well so i think this might be a a really big turning point for gaming in general because it's bringing these two properties together Mm -hmm. you know harry potter and games which in the past there hasn't been any like extremely compelling games other than i mean the lego harry potter games are good and then just some movie-based games in the past that were decent Uh, but this would be like the first real big budget game that i think could really bridge the gap for a lot of people that might not play games currently or might not be interested in open world or rpg type games right or even those people who aren't fans of harry potter oh yeah even potentially bring them in because we're not really having a harry potter game it's just a it's a game that revolves around the same realm in the same world that harry potter lived Mm -hmm. yeah but you're not you're not replaying the movie so it's like you're creating your own adventure type thing yeah which is really cool oh yeah Uh, Moving into the second news item, another all but confirmed rumor, PlayStation users may finally be getting the opportunity to change their PSN username. This news comes directly from Jason Schreier himself over at Kotaku. He stayed three people at three different game studios speaking anonymously because they were not authorized to talk to press, said that in recent months they've been fixing bugs, tweaking settings, and ensuring that their games are compatible with Sony's plans. A fourth person who worked for a game studio shared a photo obtained from an internal Sony documentation of a PSN profile containing the option edit username. The documentation was a guide for changing one's name on the PlayStation Network, that person said. Uh, This is welcome news to be sure. I've been sitting on the same outdated, embarrassing PSN username that I've been using since middle (laughs) school, and I'm ready to move past that. It's uh, bizarre to me that it's taken Sony this long to change the username, but apparently it's not as easy as flipping a switch. There's a lot of network infrastructure, especially from third-party online games that weren't designed with this in mind originally. Um, Jason continues with another interesting piece from the website. At the PlayStation Experience Conference in December of 2017, Sony boss Sean Layden told Kind of Funny's Greg Miller in response to a question about PSN name changes that he hopes, quote, you won't have to ask me that question next PSX, end quote. Uh, the only issue with Layden's statement, as many of you may already know, is that Sony confirmed there will be no PSX this year. So I hope we still get the news potentially in a blog post or something before the end of the year. Um, Sony already gave their reasoning behind foregoing PSX this year, but none of it had anything to do with name changes, of course. Uh, I just hope they remember what they said and keep their promise. As always, take these rumors with a grain of salt. Jason Schreier is one of the best gaming journalists out there, and that's why I decided to include this piece. Um, I'm sure name changes are inevitable, but this suggests we may see them sooner rather than later. Uh, Eric, you're an Xbox guy, so this isn't really an issue for you guys, but what are your thoughts on the situation? Well, my original thought, and I think we need to start with this, is what is your embarrassing name? Because we can't, we got to give that to this person. All right, that's fine. So it's cream underscore soda 369. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, it's purely out of my love for cream soda, which I don't even drink anymore. It's a great soft drink, but oh, that's you so know, funny. I've grown up. I've grown into uh, adult beverages now that are 
you know, not just cream soda. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, I I basically it's it's and it's one of those stupid ones where I like alternated the capital letters. So it's like it just looks straight out of like the the mid 2000s, man. It's (laughs) terrible. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, (sighs) as you said, I've never had to uh, deal with that type of embarrassment myself. So no, (laughs) just pick you just pick the perfect name and ran with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've only That's changed true. it like four times over the years. See, but well, at least you can though. I mean, you. I know. You have I to know. Pay after the first one with Xbox, right? Uh, yeah, you do. There was, there is like a time frame if you want to change yeah. it within. I don't remember the days, but I feel like it's like yeah. fourteen days or something. They give you fourteen days to keep that name or change it. I think okay. I've had mine. I've really realistically only changed mine once. I had, of course, my embarrassing name growing up as a teenager. um so more like to the my my name now if you guys are on xbox out there you want to you know join friends with me uh captain e t m is my is my username for just about everything but i i do you know i i've just used that because it was easy captain's my nickname within my group of friends so that was of course natural for me Mm -hmm. and I don't feel embarrassed by it. So, you know, I don't care what anyone else thinks at this point, but at least I can change my name. It's not something like cream soda. Oh, geez. (laughs) I I cringe every time I look at it. So Uh, (laughs) in other... The day may come, come, okay? (laughs) Uh, I'm hoping, man. Um, Within the next couple months, we'll see. But uh, in other confirmed news, Assassin's Creed Odyssey released today to glowing reviews. This game, currently sitting at an 84 over on Metacritic, has been praised as one of the best open-world RPG games since The Witcher 3. Now, if you've taken a break from the series and are wondering just why the hell Assassin's Creed is in the category of open-world RPG, well, I'm here to tell you, times have changed. If you took a break from the series like myself and many others did, it's time to revisit it. I played last year's Assassin's Creed Origins and was pleasantly surprised. I initially checked it out as I'm a big fan of ancient Egyptian history and culture and always wanted to talk around, excuse me, walk around, I guess, and talk and explore that world when it was thriving instead of the decaying remains that we typically see these days. What I was left with, though, was a fresh outlook on the Assassin's Creed franchise. The game is a true open world with side missions and NPCs to interact with. There's a leveling system with gear to unlock and a skill tree to build your character to your choosing. Ubisoft has taken the success from Origins and doubled down on the RPG aspect with Odyssey. This time around, there are decisions that you can make when interacting with other characters that affect the outcome of your game. You can also play as a female protagonist for the first time in the franchise. The synopsis, yeah. uh, I think her name is Alexandria. No, that might be wrong. I have to look it up. But uh, anyway, the synopsis for the game, if you are unaware, is write your own epic odyssey and become a legendary Spartan hero. Forge your destiny in a world on the brink of tearing itself apart. Influence how history unfolds in an ever-changing world shaped by your choices. Basically, it's like the most generic sounding game, but uh, <laughs> it looks really good. Uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, this game has been getting stellar reviews. Here's a few quotes that I pulled from journalists around the internet that I thought were interesting. Uh, The first one is Odyssey sets a new bar for Assassin's Creed games and holds its own in the eternal debate over the best open world role playing games ever. That's from Brandon Tyrell at IGN. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is one of the best explorable worlds yet made. That's from Colin Campbell over at Polygon. And lastly, it's the sort of wild and exciting road trip through ancient Greece that I always wanted in a video game. That one from Heather Alexandra at Kotaku. 
Uh, I'm definitely going to pick this up and play it. The issue right now, as I mentioned earlier, is Red Dead Redemption 2 is right around the corner. So the clock's ticking mm-hmm. if I want to play and finish the game before that comes out. And from what I'm reading online, the game is much longer than Assassin's Creed Origins, which took about 25 to 30 hours to finish the main story. Um, and I've heard this game could be upwards of 50 hours to play through, which Dang. is massive and very different from previous Assassin's Creed titles. Eric, have you played any of the Assassin's Creed games? I have, actually. The first one was definitely by far my favorite game that I've almost, I should say almost my favorite game I've ever played. Oh, wow. Uh, it was just a genre a game that came out that was just incredible. I absolutely mm-hmm. love Assassin's Creed. And I can't say I followed the tr- franchise as it's continued to grow and expand they yeah. kind of lost me after about the third fourth one yeah i think they lost a lot of people around that time too <laughs> myself included they yeah. were good but they just started to get stale like you 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 go through the same things but in a different location right you the, the main yeah. thing that i was playing them for was just to see these different locations i i really didn't mm-hmm. care too much about the gameplay after a while yeah, it's just kind of sad because I mm-hmm. loved Assassin's Creed so much from what it was. Mm-hmm. And I almost want to say that the thing that pulled me away from it was the complexity that they were almost bringing to it. Mm, okay. Which is interesting because normally yeah. you're excited about new games because they're introducing new weapons or new styles or new mm-hmm. places or whatever that is. Yeah. For me, I feel like I was playing that game because I absolutely loved the story. Mm, the story okay. was so intriguing to me. Like, oh my right. gosh, this guy's just going into this weird thing and then coming up in his ancestor's past and yeah. he's an assassin. This is really cool. Okay, wait a second. Now we're back in his world. What is happening? This is- Right. But yeah, so for me, it was just very intriguing. Yeah. And then it was like more and more started coming where they started introducing new weapon types. Like I remember one that I couldn't stand mm-hmm. was when you you had it like a gun. You could yeah. use your, a, a gun on your um with your uh, sidearm. I forget what they called it, but the little blade. Yeah, the blade the actually had blade, different yeah had different attachments you could you know shoot poison darts or you could shoot Mm -hmm. bullets or whatever and they kind of lost me with that because i'm like no i just want to assassinate people i just want (laughs) to like have my swords and do cool moves and tricks and stuff like i've always done and i felt like they were almost adding a complexity to it that i didn't want yeah i I think that's just me yeah no that's that's definitely like a valid opinion i think uh assassin's creed definitely brought a lot of things into current games that we see like the a lot of open world games now have like towers that you have to basically go to to unlock certain areas of the map which really goes back to the original assassin's creed where you go and you can kind of like climb to the top of those towers and see part of the city to like you know see the little side missions and stuff so Mm -hmm. they definitely kind of helped shape current modern open world games, but I don't feel like they grew with them. I think they got outgrown by a lot of um, better open world games that had yeah. a lot more to offer. And I, I think they just became irrelevant over time. And it's good that they paused the yearly updates with the games, mm-hmm. kind of took it back to the drawing board and almost reinvented this franchise with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins last year. So 
if if Which, i can make by the a, way i did yeah. play that one okay good i was gonna say uh did you play that so what were your thoughts on origins i thought they did a really great job of bringing back those pieces of the game that i loved mm-hmm. with adding again pieces to the game that were interesting enough for me to want to keep playing yeah did you finish because the game i did not finish it oh I... man there's a there's a part then at the end that i don't want to spoil but uh-huh. uh really ties it back to the old games that i i as somebody who was like mildly interested in this franchise even i was like oh my gosh what really so, yeah uh, i mean <laughs> dang, i gotta go back to it for me yeah. having a, a little one at home it's been so such a struggle for me to like pull out my xbox and play oh, yeah. of course so it's definitely a game i go back to when i have time to myself let's say my wife leaves sure. yeah goes visit her family or something yeah it's a game that i definitely sit down and invest some time in mm-hmm. but i haven't beat it yet so i gotta go back to it it's all good it's it's still gonna be there mm-hmm Awesome. Well, the last big release today, of course, is Super Mario Party for Nintendo Switch. I got a chance to play it a bit, but I have not gotten a chance to do the full four-player party experience, which is what I plan to do soon. Uh, My impressions of the game so far is that the online portion is extremely minimal, only allowing you to play five mini-games with your friends at a time out of a possible ten. I don't know why Nintendo wouldn't allow you to pick from the pool of 80-plus mini-games that they have in there to play through. Uh, I'm fine with the five at a time, but why restrict it to 10 mini games that you can choose from? Um, So, yeah, I was a little disappointed with that. Um, I knew that they weren't going to have the full game boards on there prior to release, Mm -hmm. which is a big bummer. Uh, Maybe they'll add that over time. I don't expect that to happen. But um, I did end up playing it last night with a buddy for about an hour, and uh, it was an interesting experience. So first, the online service itself was slammed, and I'm sure many people were playing it at once. Um, but it was a horrible laggy mess for me. It cleared up after about 30 minutes uh, of just like yelling at the TV and then restarting (laughs) my console. Um, But it certainly was not a good look for the newly released Nintendo Switch online service, especially since we are now required to pay for it. Um, Secondly, I tested out the Nintendo Switch online companion app for voice chat to see how that worked. Uh, I'm going to go on a small rant here for a moment, so stick with me. Uh, First, I opened up the app, and I had no idea how to actually start a room. Um, There's very minimal instruction in the actual app on how to begin chatting. It basically says, open up the corresponding game that supports chat, and it should pop up, allowing you to join. So I opened Super Mario Party. Nothing happened. I went into the online area of the game. Still nothing happened. I created a room in Super Mario Party. Still nothing. Uh, I then noticed there's a button combination that said voice chat and clicked it. And it brought up uh, an advertisement screen showing me where I could download the smartphone app for voice chat, but nothing showed up in the actual app itself. Uh, I then launched the room and waited for my buddy. Still nothing in the app. Um, And then up in the top right corner of that room, there was another button combination that said enable voice chat. So I clicked that. And then finally, a moment later, I got a pop up in the smartphone app that said join voice chat for Super Mario Party. Cool. So I was in. Uh, Now I just had to walk my friend through that same process, which is not easy. Uh, Basically, what I'm trying to convey is that this is a convoluted mess. 
it's 2018 and Nintendo's trying to position this app as a better alternative because you're always going to have your smartphone with you. It's crazy. But, yeah, I had a difficult time figuring out how to get something so simple started. Uh, I, I consider I my yeah, maybe they didn't consider the fact that, yes, we all are, are going to have our phones on us. But do they not realize that most of us also have personal hotspot? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't so know. I, I, just I don't from, know. Like, in that, my perspective, like, you, right. You got to think like, well, maybe these people can just play online when they're at the park by connecting through personal hotspot. Let's give them the chat session right in the switch yeah. itself. Right. That's what I that's what everybody wants is just integrated into the damn game, integrated yeah. at the system level on the switch. So uh, but for whatever, whatever reason, Nintendo's sticking with the app. So I was like, cool, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, and I consider myself a pretty savvy guy when it comes to technology and navigating apps. And for me to say that this was not an easy process speaks volumes to the way uh, that, you know, I can imagine every other person picking this app up and trying to figure out voice chat is experiencing. Uh, so after we mm -hmm. finally get the voice chat working between my buddy and I, we've continually encountered network issues in the game, which boots us from the party. And this also caused the voice voice chat room to immediately stop mid conversation. So we ended up just using FaceTime audio to continue the chat experience. Oh uh, yeah, which was just uh, obviously much easier. Just call the person. But unless something changes, uh, I'm not likely to use Nintendo solution going forward. I'd rather just use Discord or group yeah. FaceTime in the future for game chat. Um, and Eric, I know we're going to play Super Mario Party later so we can give our full impressions uh, at, yes. on a later episode. But what are your thoughts so far on Nintendo's online service? Well, we kind of kind of already stated that a little bit earlier, but I just think it's a little annoying, to be quite mm -hmm. honest. I, I feel like Nintendo's done a really amazing job with the Nintendo Switch. Oh, yeah done an amazing job i absolutely love where nintendo's headed and what where they're going they're doing mm -hmm. things that nobody else is doing right now mm -hmm. but man i don't understand how they failed so badly at this online service i this, I, I don't know nintendo's famous is, famous man. for the two steps forward five steps back or whatever phrase you want to say yeah. they're 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 they always seem like they make one good choice and then they just shit on three other choices or don't acknowledge them or don't better them or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, it's but I, so I, frustrating. Yeah. I figured that with this paid online service that we would get a little bit more robust infrastructure, who knows, mm -hmm. maybe that's coming over time. I, yeah. I, I know that they're not stupid over there though. I, I know that yeah, definitely like, not. I, I know, I know that you. they have very intelligent people working at the company. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, want to know a little bit more about some of their decision making process because it's it's very baffling at times to see yeah. a company that I've grown up with and love my whole life not necessarily listening to what the audience wants and this is right. this goes back to the virtual console um disagreement that that people have right now why mm -hmm. won't Nintendo just give us the chance to buy these games again? And Nintendo's like, hey, we've got these mini consoles that you can buy that have some of those games on there. So there's one route. Uh, mm -hmm. Or, hey, we've got this online service that you can get, you know, 20 games that we'll keep adding to, but you don't own the games. You have to have this online subscription service to be able to play these games. And, uh, hey, we're not ever going to bring virtual console back. It's like, what are you doing? I, I, there's yeah. people out there that would clearly want to purchase these, but 
Nintendo has an idea of how they envision their products or how they want people to access their content. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think we necessarily see eye to eye with that because right. they're not they're not being as transparent, I think, as they should be on some of these issues. Yeah, I feel like if they were to just be open and say, hey, we're not doing these things, but mm-hmm. we want you guys to understand or know why. Right. Just give us the why behind it. That's all yeah. I'm asking. <laughs> I don't even care at that point. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, your your answer is your answer. You're not going to change that. And that's fine. right. Right. But we are interested in knowing the why behind it, because these are things that we've wanted. Mm hmm. Yeah. So just, why aren't you doing it? That's all. I mean, that's all we ask. Just why, yeah. Nintendo? Just why? Nintendo, please respond back to us and let us know why. Just please, Nintendo. Why? <laughs> all right. But, uh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, last little piece on that. I just think mm-hmm. that it's really great of what Fortnite's doing right now, mm-hmm. mainly because you don't need to use any app or anything. When you're playing on the Switch, you literally have your headphone jack, plug it in. Mm-hmm. As long as you have the mic supported, you can play. And they're all running off their own servers, of course, and that's why. But right. I, I hope and I wonder if other games are going to follow along on their aspect of things. Because if mm-hmm. Nintendo's not giving it to us, maybe other game developers will, like Fortnite. Right. I think that, that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. And the, the amazing thing is after Sony flipped the Switch for um, crossplay, mm-hmm. uh, I was playing crossplay with my PlayStation friends. Uh, I was using my Switch. We had somebody else in there that was on Xbox. It was crazy. And but we were all still able to chat in the same damn like chat session in That's the game, so which was cool. incredible. So, I, I mean, yes, it's possible. We know it's possible. Uh, it's it, it's kind of a bummer that we know, at least for the interim, that Nintendo's first party games, we're going to have to use this shitty app for or just yeah. figure out a different solution. So no, we ain't yes. using that. No, maybe <laughs> maybe with enough pressure from third party developers, maybe they'll change their stance. But who knows? Yeah, Nintendo's we'll Nintendo. See. They're going to make their decisions. But we just ask why? Why Nintendo? Yeah. Nintendo. Why? Hello <laughs> at inyourelement.com. Yeah, in your element podcast.com. Sorry, uh, in your element okay. podcast. <laughs> anyway, so that wraps up the news for the week. Um, let's get into our feature discussion. This week, I'm debuting a new segment called Indie Chat. It's basically exactly what it sounds like. My guests and I will be chatting about recent indie games we've been playing, um, giving a general synopsis of the game, as well as our initial or final impressions, and a recommendation on whether it's worth checking out or not. Uh, I would like to kick it off with Undertale. Uh, I know I spoke in detail about it a couple episodes ago, but I wanted to get another person's take on the game. The basic premise of Undertale for those who missed that episode or for those who haven't played the game is players control a human child who has fallen into the underground, a large secluded region underneath the surface of the earth separated by a magic barrier. The player meets various monsters during a quest to return to the surface, mainly through the combat system. The player navigates through many bullet hell attacks by the opponent, and can opt to pacify or subdue monsters in order to spare them instead of murdering them. These choices affect the game, with the dialogue, characters, and story changing based on outcomes. Eric, you uh, are at the end of Undertale. I know you haven't finished it, but what have yes. you? What are your impressions of the game so far? I love this game. I'm gonna play it again if I can beat the freaking boss at the end. But <laughs> yeah. um, I'm definitely gonna play this again because I look at this game and there's pieces to it um i'm remembering oh my gosh i should have gone back there before Mm -hmm. i did this Mm -hmm. because maybe something else might have happened for me or whatever 
So yeah. there's, there's things for me that I definitely want to experience. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to invest more time into it. I think the next time I play, because it is virtually a pretty short game, depending oh, yeah. on what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I love it. I think it's a great game. It's a great game to pass the time. You mm -hmm. really don't spend a lot of time in this game by the time you beat it or hopefully beat it. Right. <laughs> My yeah, frustration I think my... is the ending right now. I'm not yeah. going to spoil it. Yeah, but man, I'm just frustrated that I can't beat the boss right now. Yeah, I had a, a tough time with the end of the game as well. Uh, if I can give you one piece of information, it's just get a bunch of healing items that will yeah. that, that will help out a lot. You might have I to backtrack. Spoiler but... as well. Spoiler, everybody get health. Yeah, before you go yeah. in there, get get I health. Have, I have one health that I have to or that I can use before. I die basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I would have just gone in with more health, I think I would have been okay. Yeah. I, I, it took me two, two playthroughs for the boss. So the first time oh, I got gosh. steamrolled and then the second time I prepped and got health stuff and then went back and it was, it was cake, but I'm um, on my eighth time if that matters, <laughs> but I know. And again, it's not to tough. spoil anything. Yeah. We, we played the game totally different. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so based off of the outcomes that I chose versus mm -hmm. the outcomes you chose, mm -hmm. I think that the ending's probably a little harder for me. Yeah. And I, I think, think so. I just need to I think I just need to go back, waste some time, get some health, and then come mm -hmm. back to this thing because eight times through I'm I'm getting frustrated. I just want to beat him already. Oh, I already yeah. know all of his moves. I know what's gonna happen. Right. It's you're just too he's just, just getting through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, one thing that I do want to talk about and just get your opinion on is the sure. battle system. So I haven't played anything like this. I, I approached it initially like a regular turn-based RPG game mm -hmm. um, where you kind of just like battle and, you know, you attack the other person, they attack you. But yeah. their attacks are not just like one-hit attacks. They're like little mini games. Uh, and the description calls out like a bullet hell type game where you're mm -hmm. kind of just dodging a bunch of little projectiles in this little box uh, on screen. Uh, and that's the enemy's attacks, and they're all different. What are what did mm -hmm. you think of the battle system? I when I first saw the game before I even started playing it, mm -hmm. it was kind of weird looking yeah. when I yeah. when I was first observing the game. So listeners expect that it's going to look weird. Yeah. But when I started playing it, it was it added like an aspect to the battling system that I actually started to enjoy towards the end. Mm -hmm. It kind of keeps things fresh when you're yeah. meeting new. Uh, opponents or new monsters mm -hmm. you don't know what their move tactics are going to be mm -hmm. so it, it definitely adds a uniqueness to it that i really enjoy i i really do enjoy it i don't expect other games to add this to their type of yeah of playthrough it's pretty unique it's super unique super yeah. unique but i really like it it's a lot of fun it keeps my it keeps my interest as i'm playing through it mm -hmm. it's not like a pokemon game where you choose your move and the pokemon does the attack or defense or whatever the outcome right is. right it's you choose what you want to do and no matter what you still have to counter their attack somehow and that's just mm -hmm. by moving your little icon around and trying to stay alive but yeah it's it's cool it's it's very fun Oh yeah, I had a blast with it. I'm on my second playthrough now and playing through it differently than I played originally. And it's um, posing different challenges, of course. 
Um, mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of things that I didn't see the first playthrough too, which is really cool. Really? And the, yeah, the, and the writing in the game is just exceptional throughout. I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. to Toby Fox, the one man developer of Undertale is uh, a, a genius when it comes to writing. I think um, a modern RPG video game, mm -hmm. uh, just very funny and very like it knows it's a game. It knows you're playing the game. It, it, it really plays into that as well. <laughs> Um, it, it's really good there's moments for me i feel like at the beginning of the game um because this game's known for its humor mm -hmm. that's what a lot of reviewers and people are saying about it it is known for its humor mm -hmm. and when i first started playing it through i didn't really get it at the beginning um you know like little things were happening i'm like oh that's funny but i didn't really understand like what the reviewers were talking about until i started sure. to get more into the game mm-hmm and he the uh what's the what's his name again tony toby fox toby fox that's right so toby mm -hmm. fox um he just totally plays with you the whole way through the game mm -hmm. you know like things happen and you're just like wait what yeah <laughs> wait. i mean it just makes you laugh because you're like wait is that wait is that really the outcome of what's happening right now like what yeah like just the, the most bizarre scenarios are yeah. in this game it's so funny it's oh my gosh at the end of the game i'm literally just lit talking to you right now picturing yeah. all the things that have happened yes like, oh my gosh so stupid why did he get me with that yes so funny so but, on my my initial playthrough uh as i mentioned i i went to the final boss had some struggles went back to go get some health and get some additional items and i like backtracked and walked back through all of the areas like in reverse chronological order and it was kind of interesting because i was like man you know i i haven't really felt like i did that much in this game and i'm already at the end and mm -hmm. as i'm walking back through i'm like oh haha, i remember that moment oh my gosh <laughs> i remember this moment and i was yeah. like okay yeah i actually did go through a lot of stuff in this game and it was it it was cool to kind of like go backwards and see all that stuff like because mm -hmm. <laughs> you start the game and you have absolutely no idea what's happening and yeah. as you progress you're like just it keeps piling more and more weird shit on and then uh -huh. at the end of the game, you feel like you have this like general understanding of like why you're here and what's happening. And it's right. like it's just such a chaotic, weird universe of it's so things. weird. Remember the frog race? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the snails. The, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. The snails. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. That was so dumb. <laughs> yeah. It was so like and you were so adamant about finishing it. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if there's even a point. And there oh. was a point, but it was a small discount of like one dollar. <laughs> Yeah, you don't even get your full money back. <laughs> Silly. Oh man. And All right. Well, let's spoiler. My bad, but it's oh, no. it's 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 a good game. Um, would you recommend this to to people? Yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. It it's a game that you wouldn't expect to be a fun and interesting game because that's mm -hmm. what it was for me, and I think yeah. that for a lot of people, that's what going into this game. I would ex have you expect it's mm -hmm. it's not a game that you would expect to love and enjoy, but you do at the end of it. And that's oh, yeah. great about this game. Yeah, I'd say I'd recommend it to people that like um, RPG games, just like standard turn based RPG games, because it mm -hmm. does have a level of element there. Um, yeah. If you like, you know, old school, like Super Nintendo NES style RPG games like Earthbound or mm -hmm. games like that, it's very similar to those as well. If you like just funny writing in games or like a 
an interesting story, then I would also recommend this title. So I would agree. Yeah, check it out. Uh, next, I would like to chat about a game that I've been playing on and off for the past month and a half or so, and that is Dead Cells. Um, what is Dead Cells? This synopsis comes from the Dead Cells wiki page. Dead Cells is a roguelike Castlevania inspired action platformer, allowing you to explore a sprawling, ever changing castle, assuming you're able to fight your way past its keepers. To beat the game, you'll have to master 2D souls like combat with the ever present threat of permadeath looming. No checkpoints. Kill, die, learn, repeat. Um, I've been on a roguelike kick recently, um, playing Binding of Isaac and Dead Cells, but I keep coming back to Dead Cells. Uh, first, I'm in love with the art style of the game. At first, it looks like just another 2D pixel art platformer, but it has so much depth to it and vibrant colors. The character model also has some 3D-ish look to it, almost like Vector Man back on the Sega Genesis. Um, the gameplay is extremely satisfying. The combat is spectacular, and the amount of weapons and items you find is extremely vast. The basic premise of each run is you start in the same area, but all the levels are procedurally generated. Uh, you then explore to find upgrades, you fight enemies, and you look for an exit to the next level. And I especially like that there's a pause between levels where it forces you to spend your cells, which is the, the currency in the game that you kind of collect from the enemies. And uh, it, it forces you to permanently upgrade aspects of the game or unlock new gear that can be found in subsequent runs. Uh, basically, even though you lose everything when you die, your overall progress remains. And you can also find runes throughout the game that add permanent traversal upgrades that allow you to reach areas that you previously couldn't. So it's kind of like a, a Metroid-style um, approach where you have power-ups that you can get that allow you to go back to other areas and unlock different things um, to an extent. But it's nice because once you unlock those, everything you do going forward, you have that ability. So uh, it, it incentivizes you to go after those uh, runes on some of the runs. Another interesting aspect of the game is that there's a time clock that continuously runs in the bottom right-hand corner. And as you enter different areas, there's time gates that you'll encounter that could be opened if the time has not elapsed past it yet. This adds an interesting speedrun element to the game that's completely optional, but if you're able to get to those time gates, there's usually a nice reward behind them. Um, the game itself is not all that long. A solid run might take you just under an hour to complete the final boss. But that being said, it's extremely challenging, and I've yet to even reach the final boss. Uh, and that's after about 10-ish hours of play. Uh, mm -hmm. So don't expect that you'll just jump in and clear the game quickly. Dead Cells is definitely a marathon, not a sprint. Each time you die, you're more powerful than you were before, eventually allowing you to topple the final boss. Uh, but the best part about Dead Cells is that there's so much to unlock uh, that I could easily see myself playing for another 20 hours minimum. Um, wow. What's great, yeah, what's great about roguelike games is that you never really beat them since there's no two runs that are alike. Um, I'd highly recommend this game to anyone who likes Metroidvania-style exploration games, uh, fluid 2D side-scrolling combat games, platforming, or just looking for a new roguelike title to jump into. Um, and if you're not familiar with the term roguelike, I know I explain that to a lot of my friends and they're like, what, what's a roguelike? So <clears throat> the basic premise of a roguelike game is um, you generally are a character and you're progressing through the game itself. Uh, but when you die, you generally lose whatever you've accumulated thus far. And then you kind of have to start over fresh. And to a lot of people, they're like, what's the point? 
Well, the point is each game, each spin on this genre, they add different elements that incentivize you to continue playing. So um, there's a game called Rogue Legacy, which is like one of the um, most popular roguelike games and what a lot of this genre is kind of referencing. Um, But you basically are like a character or like a knight and you're like going through like platforming type levels and you're, you know, killing enemies like side side to side combat type stuff. And you get these different traits that are passed down to the, the next character in your lineage. So like when you die, like your name's Eric, then you you're like the next character that you play as is like Eric Jr. And then Eric the third. And like it just you have That's this funny. lineage of people, but they all inherit like different traits that you've uh, like accumulated throughout the game. Some of it is a genetic level. So <clears throat> the whole premise is that like as you continue playing there, you're progressing, you're you're making progress. It's like minimal progress, but you're progressing the more runs you play. And you're also developing a skill set that will make you more successful on those runs. And generally, there's some sort of an end goal, a final boss, something where you quote unquote finish the game and you can put it down then if you want to. But most of these games have a ton of stuff to collect. And um, because they're procedurally generated, which just means that everything's randomized, um, no two games are the same. So I could be playing a game and you could be playing a game and the stuff that we're encountering, the layout of the map, everything is different. So it's it lends it to be a game that you could effectively play forever. Um, So that's the appeal to this title genre uh, of roguelike games. Uh, If you've never played a roguelike game, um, I would say Dead Cells is a great place to jump in. Another great roguelike game is The Binding of Isaac, which I've also been playing a lot of recently again. Um, There's a ton of roguelike games out there that I could recommend. Yeah. I actually am not a big fan of roguelike games because I get frustrated very easily with them Mm -hmm. because I progress so much and then I just die and lose it all. Right, yeah. Um, But I actually play an iOS game. It's a roguelike game. It's Mm -hmm. Death Road to Canada. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen or played that one. It, I think it's like 10 bucks yeah. in, in the App Store. Yeah. But it's actually the only rogue type game that I always have come back to. Yeah, I know simple, you mentioned it's it. Easy. To me. mm-hmm. It's easy. It's pretty fun. I have a lot of, it, there's all these different characters you can play as. You can mm-hmm. create your own character if you want. Yeah. But there is progression. So you can go in there and be better off the first time than you are, or, Sorry, you're better off the next time mm-hmm. that you go out there because you gain these characters or these weapons or these right. skills and you can make yourself better as you go out and try to make your way to Canada. Mm-hmm. Basically, a zom- zombie apocalypse and the only safe place is Canada. So that's yeah. you're on a road and you're trying to get there and you have all these things to go through. But I have a lot of fun with it. Awesome. Yeah. And I know um, I saw that on the eShop on Switch as well. So I know it's available there if you want to play it on the Switch. Otherwise, it is on iOS. Um, Cool. Eric, I know you've been playing a couple indie games recently, namely Bastion, which was Mm. just recently re-released on Switch and a relatively unknown title in Figment, which also just released recently on Switch. Why don't you give the listeners some information on those two titles? Yeah, Bastion has been around for a while. I know it started out or not start out, but uh, it was really big with iOS. Mm-hmm. It's an action role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Really fun. 
uh, it's the developers is through super giant games, mm-hmm. but it's got amazing reviews. And I was sharing earlier, I was kind of traded up on the games that I'm looking for right now. Cause I'm just looking for games to pass the time. Yeah. And that's what led me to bastion and figment. Mm-hmm. I was just really going through the Nintendo store and just looking through different games that are out there. And I love games that have great artwork or yeah. uh, things that can really like capture my eye. Yeah. And bastion was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I also looked it up. It's got, on Steam, it's got 10 out of 10, which is incredible. PC mm-hmm. Gamers gave it a 92%. Mm-hmm. GameSpot gave it an 8 out of 10. For me, if I'm if I'm going to rate this game, I'd probably give it a an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It, it is a really good game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. The gameplay is progressional. So you have different levels that you're going to to accomplish a task and uh, gain these basically gain these items to make your character better, but also mm-hmm. to uh, kind of rebuild this little island that you're on, this little home that you have. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot of fun. The My favorite part, I would say, is probably the, um, the, uh, get the, like the weapon structure. Mm-hmm. So you have both range weapons and you have close combat, which is really cool. And you have a special ability, which there's a bunch of different special abilities as you go on throughout the game. I haven't yeah. beaten either of these games, keep it in mind. But mm-hmm. um, as I'm going through them, I um, Bastion specifically, because that's where I'm focusing on. But Bastion, it, I love the um, like the aggressiveness of this game. Mm-hmm. And the just the battles, the battle tactics are a little challenging because there's certain move sets that you can do to like resist an enemy from from hurting you. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's easy to play. I can easily get through um, one uh, uh, one uh, section of the map in mm. probably about. Anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, depending on how much looting I'm doing within each map. Yeah. But it's really good. I, I love it. Uh, you said you got to play this game a little bit yourself, though, right? Yeah, I played Bastion back on... Hmm, I know I had it on the iPad, and that's like the worst place to play it, just because it's it really does lend <laughs> itself to like physical controls. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's, like it's almost like a twin-stick shooter in terms of controlling it. Yeah. Um. So it was a little difficult to play on there. I can't remember if I had it on like Xbox Live Arcade or PlayStation mm-hmm. 3 because I, I think it was from that era, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it um, is. OK, I, I I know I've played it on iPad. I can't remember if I've played it on console. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember the art was beautiful. It's like yeah. uh, like hand drawn or like painted looking, right? Yeah, it's so beautiful, and the color mm-hmm. aspect and the color ratio is so great. Mm-hmm. One of I forgot to mention one of the really fun aspects to this game is the narrator. Yeah, I remember really, that. Yeah, so there's a guy. His name's Loning, Logan Cunningham, and he's the yeah. narrator. And it he just adds this character to the game that's so fun. Um, it he's literally narrating things as you go out and do them mm-hmm. i remember i was playing it with my daughter around and i put the game down for a second because she was calling me so i go over and i uh play with her for a minute and i come back to my switch and the first thing that logan said when 
I picked the game back up um, was in the how did he phrase it? I forget the terminology he used, but and the character continues to wait around and waste his time and do nothing or something like that and i'm just yeah. like what the heck like that's so great and it it the just the narration of it was a lot of fun yeah you'll get that in games and it was super interesting and the way that they embedded that in the game was a lot of fun he'll say stuff if you fall off the map or whatever yeah and it's just it's good it's it, there's like humoristic sides of it where i'm just like oh my gosh that's all right, that that one right there got me, you know. Right. So I like that... I like games that break the fourth wall like that. that mm-hmm. it, like it like Undertale where it it it's basically like it knows you're like the, the player playing the game and they're like yeah. calling that out to you. It's right. uh it's a nice touch. I think that this was a the narration was that nice little add to it. Whereas mm-hmm. for me when I think about Undertale, I think the battle structure is what's added something different to it yeah i love it when these indie games really pull something out and do something that other people aren't necessarily doing yeah who would you recommend bastion to bastion to uh i would probably recommend it to i wouldn't recommend it on any other device unless you have a like if you can use a controller with it i couldn't imagine playing this on an ios device yeah personally i i just the way that i play it on the switch i couldn't imagine having those types of controls on an on an ios device so right don't recommend it for anyone who loves playing games on the ios device because i feel like the way that the um chord structure or chord structure i'm getting into music theory now no but the way that the um the uh controller structure is for me on the switch is is pretty much perfect i can yeah. see myself playing this on the xbox playstation but mm-hmm. not on an iOS device, but more yeah. about the people who who I think should play it. I would say someone that's looking for a very straightforward action through uh, playthrough game mm-hmm. that you don't have to invest as much time in, something that mm-hmm. you want to come back to. Yeah. So anyone looking for that type of game, this is a great game, especially if it, you're looking for a game to pass the time. Yeah. This is a really good game for that. I'm having a lot of fun with this game. I don't know if this is will be a game like Undertale where I feel like I have to go back to it afterwards. Right. I feel like I'm getting a lot out of it as I'm going through, so I don't know if I'll go back to it after I beat it. But yeah, anyone just looking for something simple, easy, um, straightforward, uh, anyone looking for something like that, I think this would be a good game. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to us about Figment. What's Figment about? Uh, Figment's probably the opposite of Bastion. <laughs> Um, as far as action style goes, uh, it is an, an action style game. They mm-hmm. they do consider it, it when you look up the genre. It's like an action casual indie, I think, is some of the stuff I've I've mm. read about it. Okay. Um, because it does have aspects of it where you're fighting monsters and, and things. But it's a very casual playthrough. So I've, I'm not going to this game as much as I am Bastion. And I think it's for that reason is it is very casual you're walking through each little section of a map and it's almost like a like a i don't want to say it's a puzzle game but i i feel like i do want to use that at the same time because in each little section of the map that you're trying to go through there's this let's say little puzzle that you have to accomplish in order to get you into the next room Mm -hmm. 
So the thing that I love, love, love about this game. So two passions of mine, video games and music. Mm. And this game has very, very good music as I'm playing through it. I just, I love the, uh, the ambiotic noise that it gives you basically. Like I feel like it just is refreshing to go through and they even integrate music into the game a little bit i remember that again i haven't beaten this game so i don't there's probably more of this but i remember specifically i needed to play a specific piano structure um, like my character did in -hmm. order to get me certain objectives within this map i was playing yeah i would have to play this structure if i was able to do that then i can go on to the next place but i had to come back do the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. uh and I love that. I, I thought it was su- super cool. Um, it I, I have a lot of fun with it. Again, this one is also like a Bastion in the same way where it has a beautiful, beautiful art structure. So yeah. the artwork in it is great. I'm looking at it now. It reminds me of like a, a storybook or like a pop-up book. It is, yeah. And basically what it is is you're this character. I don't really know what type of character this guy is but looks like a little mouse or something yeah it, it looks weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> it looks um what is he i almost didn't buy this game i'm glad i did because it is uh, again a fun game to pass the time but mm-hmm. you're basically this character who is in a dream world mm. so you're in a dream world and you're playing through this dr- dream world to fight off these little monsters it's almost like nightmares right because you're in a dream Mm -hmm. world so you're fighting off these nightmares that you have yeah and that's really the game as you progress and you go through it Mm. it kind of reminds me and just the isometric view of uh, monument valley is it um, similar to that in that you're solving puzzles Um, or is it strictly just combat focused and like navigation yeah, um, I would say it's a lot like Monument Valley. Okay. Um, you're not battling a lot, though. Okay, okay. You, you do have certain areas that you have to get through to battle, so there's a battling aspect of the game. You have a sword you use. You have dodging features. But it's very straightforward. There's two buttons for battling. Either dodge or swing your sword and hit. Oh, okay. There's not really much to it. Yeah. It's very, very casual casual game Mm, yeah it looks it Um, looks very cool though i mean definitely something that i would pick up and check out mm -hmm. yeah i would say this is a good game if you find it on sale in the eShop, definitely do it uh i think it's twenty dollars in the eShop right now i'm not 100 percent sure uh, but i think it's about twenty dollars in the eShop right now i'm happy with that price but i don't know if everybody would because it is a different type of game it's a very if I'm going to say what type of person I would suggest this game to, I would suggest it to somebody who's looking for a very casual, like chill, easy game, mm-hmm. very casual game. Yeah. Not a lot to it, but I know I gave Bastion an eight out of 10. This one I would give a nine out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I have really a little, like I really do like it. I really, it, I really enjoy it. And it's a game that I can easily come back to. Yeah. It's sweet, man. Yeah. I have I'll fun have with it. it out. Very cool. Awesome. 
well, the final game that I wanted to chat about for uh, myself is Into the Breach. So this game was shown off during the most recent Nindy Showcase a couple months ago. And uh, surprise, they released it later that day. The basis for this game is as follows. Um, in Into the Breach, the remnants of human civilization are threatened by gigantic creatures breeding beneath the earth. You must control powerful mechs from the future to hold off this alien threat. Each attempt to save the world presents a new randomly generated challenge in this turn-based strategy game. So this game is from the developers Subset Games, uh, who you may be familiar with if you've played the strategy game FTL Faster Than Light, which uh, was uh, probably 2012 or so. Um, it's on pretty much every platform at this point, including iOS. And uh, Into the Breach is similar in that it is a strategy game, but more of a turn-based strategy game on a grid, um, similar to Fire Emblem or Final Fantasy Tactics, XCOM, or Advance Wars. Um, where the game differs, however, is that it's procedurally generated, so another roguelike type game, uh, where each run is different. The combat, uh, enemies, and objectives are all different, but the goal is the same. You're trying to liberate four islands from the threat of these monsters. So uh, my initial impressions of the game is that the turn-based combat is satisfying, but very difficult at times. Uh, I'm generally pretty proficient with turn-based strategy games, but this one has a bit of a learning curve to it. You can basically see the enemies telegraph their moves ahead of time, and you must react to them accordingly while taking into account your uh, character's limited mobility and move set that they have. So it presents this sort of puzzle each turn that you're trying to solve, which is cool. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so sometimes you'll lose pilots in battle, and just like some of the games I mentioned before, if you lose them, they're gone for good. Uh, well, sort of. When you die in this game, you get to choose one of the pilots to essentially go back in time uh, to start over. So as you level up the pilots and unlock new abilities, you have to keep that in mind. I only got to the final area of the game so far once in my roughly 10 hours of play, and I got absolutely smacked there. So I'll definitely be heading back in and <laughs> trying at it again. Uh, there's also a lot of stuff to unlock in Into the Breach. Uh, familiar scenario if you've played FTL. There are different groups of mechs that you can unlock to use in battle, each with a different moveset that make each run completely new and fresh. Um, the mechs kind of remind me of uh, the movie Pacific Rim, if you've seen that. So yeah. you basically have like the pilot that gets in the big mech and you're controlling the mech. Um, that's basically what you're doing in this game. You're you're mm -hmm. controlling a group of three at a time um, that are different depending on which ones you select. Um, there's also in-game achievements to strive for if you're looking for specific challenges or if you're a completionist. And for another roguelike type game, I recommend this. If you played FTL and enjoyed it, I definitely recommend this. If you like strategy or puzzle games, definitely give this one a go. Um, if you're looking for more moment-to-moment -moment action, I'd probably skip this as it's more in line with a game of chess in terms of the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay. Mm -hmm. um, overall, I'm really enjoying my time with Into the Breach, and I would recommend checking it out. Cool. Well, uh, yeah. Eric, I thank you again for joining me for an indie chat today. I really appreciate your time. Of course. Uh, yeah. Why don't you take a moment to let people know where they can find you online? Yeah, of course. So personal Instagram is in the mind of Eric. So you're welcome to follow me and my personal uh, Instagram there. I also own my own business. It's called From Edge to Edge. It's a web design company. So you're welcome to check out my website at from edge to edge.com. Just kind of see the type of work that I can do. 
You can also email me if you want some more information around that at hello at from edge to edge.com. I also have an Instagram, very simple from edge to edge is my Instagram name. So feel free, reach out, check it out. I try to upload stuff to my Instagram pretty regularly and I would love to connect with people and learn more about what you do and potentially help build some sites. So I am there to support however I can. Cool. Thank you. And if you have any questions for the show, email me at the email address, hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use to listen to In Your Element. And take a moment to drop a five-star review on iTunes or in the Apple Podcasts app as it helps with discoverability for the show. And as a final reminder to visit patreon.com slash in your element support at any level to receive bonus episodes early gain access to the in your element discord server be eligible for giveaways attend patron hangouts and more until next time see you later elementalists